In the words of public enemies, Chuck D. Bring the noise. Independent Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. And boy, has it been a couple of weeks! <laughs> has it been a couple of weeks? So, if you listened to the last episode, what's good? You uh, know where I'm at at the moment in terms of just uh, where the world at is in the moment. Um, obviously, I felt the need to um, just jump in with an emer- well, not an emergency one but like just a just a I felt like talking <laughs> episode um you know obviously a different differing from the norm uh, as it been so far uh, in the past couple of months obviously with these interviews but yeah I just wanted to get my get, get some words out and just uh vent so to speak and uh to be honest uh, it was, I only just scratched the surface to be honest it was much more I could have I could have gone into but I just felt like you know, an hour is enough. <laughs> an hour, of, you know, an hour is more than enough on that front. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a crazy um, couple of weeks uh, for sure. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I actually went to a protest uh, recently in uh, past uh, a few days ago. Not a large one in like in London or over in like a major city. It's just a. It was about a thousand people um, in a in a my in my my town my hometown of South End at the moment. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, they classed it as a silent protest, and you know, it was relatively calm. There was no, you know, just aggro going about. Um, but I kind of left the protest itself uh, feeling weird. I guess just a bit jarred. Um, I was walking by, you know, obviously people that were about the protest, and. Um, and while I was like waiting for the bus or just walking walking around uh, to the bus, I was just I, don't know, I just saw people like you know I don't know how to word it, but it, people were just like you know just 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 talking you know as if they weren't just at our protest. You know what I mean? It was really weird. Um, it's, it's like it's like it, it, I feel like from from how I see it, it's like they just they they checked in protest, 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 and then check out, and then talk about whatever they were talking about before, you know what I mean, it's, it, 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 it was really odd, um, and, and that, that just left me kind of uh, jaded for the rest of the day, I was just like trying to think about it, and uh, also not trying to think about it, because, <laughs> because uh, that, that shit can poison you, but um, yeah, it was, really, it was really odd, it was really odd, but um, I'm over it now, I guess. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to like keep my mentals, uh, keep my mentals going, you know, in terms of uh, keeping it healthy. Um, I haven't been on Instagram in the past like four days, which uh, to to me is kind of a, a kind of a W on that front. Um, it's just it's felt pretty nice to be honest, not to go on it. Um, but you know, I do feel like I'm missing stuff. But you know, it's just this is how it is in this in this world. Everything's on social media, in it. So if you're not on it, you're missing stuff. But you know. I ain't missing the important stuff, which is uh, which is good. But anyway, all that aside, we get into part two of our interview with director Jim McGoggins. Um, in this particular uh, part of the interview, as I said last time, um, obviously this is this was a completely different day we recorded this. Um, it was a few days, well, I think like a over a few days, nearly 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 a week after uh, after our initial one, and. Uh, you know, I just wanted to try and uh, jump jump in where we left off, and uh, uh, we we start talking about uh, many, you know, obviously about bulletproof um, and uh, and how that and how all that went. Uh, we get a bit, you know, we zoom out a little bit, talk about you know stuff pre-corona, post-corona, currently in Corona, uh, and uh, how the film industries and TV industries are gonna. Uh, I don't know how they. I don't know how to word it, but how they're going to. Uh, bounce back, so to speak, and uh, he, he he talks about that a little bit. Uh, but we try and keep it on a positive note by the end, and obviously we get into what he's been uh, jamming to, uh, what he's been reading, etc., etc., and also his top five. Tries not to go deep with it, but um, you you will see, 
you will see that he goes pretty deep with it. <laughs> but regards to that, formalities for you begin. We have the email to his IG and also the Facebook as well. Discord links, all of that, all of that, all of that is in the full show notes. Um, so please go check that out if you are interested. And thanks for listening as always. Um, don't know. Uh, I still don't know what I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't know whether to just continue doing interviews. I, know I do have a few people I want to get in, uh, but um, I don't know. I'm fi- I'm 50/50 at the moment whether I should just go back to normal proceedings or continue doing interviews. But we shall see. Maybe maybe next week I'll give you an update. <laughs> maybe maybe next week. But for now, we'll just stick it to this part two. My interview with Mr. Jim McGoggins. Hope you guys enjoy. So, I kind of, uh, I kind of, I guess, wanted to uh, just jump right, uh, I guess, back into uh, the career so far, basically, because uh, we initially did get to bulletproof, I guess, um, and obviously, uh, it, it's, it comes as no surprise that um, I have a lot of questions, but I'll try and keep it discreet. Um, <clears throat> So I think you mentioned uh, in the previous interview, like uh, how I think how you got it, and uh, just in and how you I guess how you felt in that fashion, which is uh, I guess uh, stoic is the word I guess, uh, or just uh, just like uh, I guess I got it, it's all good, let's get it done kind of thing. Um, <laughs> if you if you want to correct me on that, go ahead. Uh, but in that fashion and uh, just how it goes help me paint a picture of i guess um let's say like first day of like pre-production or whatever or just the first day in general right Help me paint that picture of uh of a a set of well a show of that you know of that budget of that magnitude because um if people have seen it you can gather that you know there's a, there's a bit of money behind it you know what i mean so um and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but oh, actually, I'll just ask you: Is it is it is different as to everything else that you that you did up to that point? We'll start with that. Um, so, is it? Uh, I'll go straight to the last bit first. I mean, yes and no, and that um, it's it's a bigger budget, and so a bigger budget yeah. really brings uh, generally brings more people into the mix. You get more executive producers behind it. There's more of um, there's more at risk, fun. I suppose. You know, there's more um, in that there's more people looking at what you're doing, and the quality of what you're doing is maybe uh, assessed a little bit more. But the the process is exactly the same. You know, is in if you're making a, a five minute short film, or you make an episode of Bulletproof, or you're making a movie, the process yep. is the same for a director. In that, it's it's about telling the story. It's about emphasizing the elements of story. Because for me, direction is about emphasizing elements of story that are the most important and so yeah it, it, it that all remains the same um you have more money you have more time you have more people so it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily make it easier but it makes it a little bit more manageable at times so maybe some of the workload on smaller shows falls more on the director so the more the bigger shows you work on less of your workload so you know there's more people to help you you don't uh there's more assistance around, let's say, that can kind of take up some of the, the workload that kind of is there, mm-hmm. which, is, which is helpful. But but no, it really is the same. I mean, what was different maybe for Bulletproof than stuff I'd done in the past was the whole action side of things. I, ha- I hadn't done a huge amount of action. And, you know, one of the issues with some, mm-hmm. of, the, some of the producers uh, on, on hiring me was that I didn't have maybe the experience in terms of, of um, uh, action. And so they were a little bit concerned about right. that. But I kind of explained it like mm. I've just explained what I've explained now, which is that um, if you pr- it's storytelling, action is still sto- is still storytelling. So creating an action scene is telling is telling a story, and really it's about the prep and how you do that, and planning that, and being a good communicator. And if you can communicate what you're trying to do, you have a team of stunt people and stunt coordinators around you that help you tell that story. So you don't have to be an expert at stunts, like you don't have to be an expert at visual effects. You know, you're surrounded by mm-hmm. people that are experts in that. What you need to be good at is to communicate what you want, how you want to do it, and uh, and 
and primarily, you know, people just kind of go, oh, I want him jumping out the window and falling on the ground and rolling and kicking. You're like, that's great, but what's the story we're trying to tell here? Why is he doing that? Is he doing that because yeah. he's being chased? Is he doing that because he's trying to get the bad mm. guy? Is he doing that because, you know, he's pissed off, he had a bad day? And, you know, what what is the what is the motivation behind that? And that's what makes good sequences. And that's drama, and that's action, and that's uh, horror, and that's, so that's everything, you know? So it not really that different, you know? It's, it's um, but it it's it's just bigger you know and so like there's more pressure on as a director to, to deliver i think you know like on a short of five minutes two people watch it you know uh casualty a couple of million people watch it bulletproof more people um, more more people watch that show you know and then it's going to go it's right. going to be released in america so there are more people watching that and so there's there's more the quality needs to be as good if not better and that's really what what the that's really the only difference for me you know there is no difference really um paint a picture for you i suppose really i was delighted to work with noel and ashley you know two guys i respected and looked up to a lot you know in terms of what they've done career wise and with bulletproof creating a show they're the creators of a show that um is you know is a really good show it's not scared of what it is which is kind of pure entertainment you know it doesn't it's not highfalutin quality drama it's quality drama but it's 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 not the kind of thing that you're going to be thinking about six weeks later, uh, only from an entertainment point of view. You're not going to be asking your friends deep, um, philosophical questions about bulletproof, and that's fine, you know. And and, and yeah. sometimes shows it's not scared to be what it is, and that's what kind of drew me to it in many ways. Um, it has an ambition, kind of much like my own, is that I'm I'm very ambitious, and the show's ambitious, and I like that. I like something that tries to be ambitious with not the money mm-hmm. it needs. You know, it it has a relatively good budget for what the show is but it's, it's by no means what they'd have to do in america to do a similar show you know so you still have to think cleverly about how you do things um mm-hmm. and, and that that attract me to it um and i suppose that my my paint a picture of the first day was for the guys the guys are very protective of their show ash and noel they're protective they love their show and they want it to be done well and here was this Irish guy coming in to take over their show and direct it, you know, they, they were they were nervous, you know, they were nervous about what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, and and they were nervous uh-huh. only for me to do the right show. And I think I kind of that was that's probably the biggest challenge uh, is trying to uh, just convince them that I'm the right person for it and that I'm going to give them the space to do what they want to do, but also I'm going to mm-hmm. bring I'm going to bring something to the mix that's going to take you know series one was good we wanted to bring series two to a different level make it bigger make it kind of more make it funnier and so to convince them to do that and i I, you know that's what i did i suppose after a couple of days i think um you know they 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 just i had to convince them in terms of the notes i gave them as actors but also how i did the stunt stuff so as soon as they started to see rushes and as soon as we they realized i'm a pretty decent guy and i'd listen to them they we got we got on really well you know and it was a really kind of smooth ride yeah, fair play, fair play. Um, something that, um, well, just for, just for a note, is that you uh, directed the first three episodes and just there. Um, I do find it interesting, like, uh, on the just on the face of it, that there are, you know, like, obviously a few directors for a whole series of something. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I think for the average joe that's kind of just like odd because like you know they because film life you know really bigs up um uh, the uh the the job of the director and this is just like well if they're if they're that important why don't they do the whole series so, da, 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 you know it's just <laughs> it, it's 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 questions that probably people ask um but i mean I can gather why because obviously it's it's three episodes. They're an hour. They're an hour long with adverts, and that's you know, that's enough. Uh, that's the you know similar amount of time that someone would have on a regular feature film set. Mm-hmm. So you know it's completely understandable in terms of workload. Um, I like uh, the I guess the how you see action as storytelling. I feel, I feel like that's something that um, uh, is rarely I guess seen as that. Because I guess we like most shows that, you know, take pride in their action or most films that take pride in action. And, you know, that's what people come there for in some way. Um, It can be sometimes seen as just like, you know, um, 
like uh, I don't know, just like <laughs> all the all the efforts put into that, and then everything else just uh, falls into place. But I remember like after I obviously watched it and uh, followed you on Twitter, there was like you posted like a few things, I guess like from behind the scenes kind of stuff, and like uh, I guess like taking inspirations from other things in terms of this particular shots and. Uh, I found that kind of attention to detail kind of fascinating because, because um, you know, not to gas you up, but the first three episodes were good, like, <laughs> like especially the, especially the first scene actually, because like obviously it starts off very, it starts off very like you know just straight into the action, like you, if it, it, it's kind, it kind of relies on the fact that you've seen the first series of Bulletproof, so you know what's going down. Mm-hmm. They're clearly chasing some dudes, and uh, they're trying to sting it, trying to sting some people right quick. Um, and then all goes to shit. But it's, it is, a, I guess it is kind of a, is it, do you find, do you find, actually, that's a question. Do you find like the, like the first scene or the first shot of anything, do you like put, do you personally, as, as, a, as a director, do you personally put emphasis into the first of anything and mm-hmm. like, you know, try and make it memorable kind of, kind of thing? Do, do you yeah. like really put yeah. a lot of stock into that? Big time, yeah, big time. Because I mean, um, you know, we we, we kind of live in we now live in a world we've always lived in a world where it was this was important, but it's it's kind of even more important now. There, there's so much content out there um, that people will just tune out after two or three minutes. You know, like as in if, if they aren't you don't grab them straight away, yeah. Or if they don't like you know the tone or the feel, they're gone. You know, so uh, the. Uh, my job is hugely, hugely important in that respect, in that the feel, the mood, the smile that's on your face, uh, that when you watch that is down to me, you know. And so uh, setting it up really important in an episode is important. And it's really important in the first episode because it might make people watch the next episode and the next episode and the next episode. So setting up the mm. kind of the tone of the show, which is kind of like, they, they kind of call it tough funny you know it's like it's like it's it's tough and it's hard but it's funny you know it's like and so yeah. watching that opening sequence it is an action sequence and as you said it's you know it's a chase and things go to pot um but i think throughout it you kind of sh- you should watch it with a smile it's not a serious chase you know you're not gonna you're, yes you want them to get them but it's not a case of it's not a ticking clock kind of oh my god are they gonna get them you're not there's not as suspenseful. It's more, this is funny. And it's like, we play on the funny and the kind of the enjoyment side of that. And so trying to get the tone of that right was really important to me. And, and you want to get mm. that first 10 minutes. If people watch that first 10 minutes, they'll watch the rest. And, and, and we now live in a world that is gone. It's instantaneous. So if people watch the first 30 seconds and they love it, they tweet it or they put it on Instagram and it's, it's out there yeah. for the world to see right there and right then. And so it's no longer yeah. the reviewer a week later or the next day that's that's important they are still important but the audience can turn turn people onto a show or turn them against a show really really quickly now and so you, you always think of that and I think you always think about maybe the, on a show like Bulletproof because it's for Sky it has ad breaks so you think about the ad break you think about sending uh, the ad break out with a bang uh, so that people will stay mm. there and come back for the start of the next and so on and then you think of the ending you think of the ending as well so the the, the last shot the last scene, what is it that will make somebody binge watch the next episode or just come back next week, you know? So they're really, really crucial. And um, uh, you spend a huge amount of time, and, and I spent a huge amount of time in that opening sequence, you know, it was that, on episodes one, two, three, that sequence and the Amsterdam sequence in three were probably the two sequences that took up so much of my time. They took up a huge amount of my time to try and just figure out how to do that both on a, mm-hmm. from, a sto- from a story level, but also on a practical, how do you film this with cameras and health mm-hmm. and safety and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, they took a lot of time out. Yeah, and um, I can, I, well, I personally, like, I guess now that you say that, I could see that a, a lot of time was put into those particular scenes and uh, that's completely understandable how you're explaining it. Um, just for, like, do you have, like, I guess... Uh, uh, I guess like a particular out of the three episodes, I guess, I guess I'll stick it to that. Like out of the three episodes that you did, like do you have a preferred? Uh, do, you, do you do that kind of stuff where you like? I really like this one kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I kind of uh, you kind of nearly always grow a little bit attached to your your first episode, you know. In that, um, 
it's fun. I, I'm probably like we've spoke about this before, but I'm pro- I'm my own worst critic. You know, it's like you. Um, yeah. There are elements of one I think are great, and there are elements of one that re- I I really hate. You know, I t- I really think that they we never kind of got it, did it right, or that the script wasn't right, or that I you know didn't get exactly the feeling I wanted or the mood I wanted. Uh, and I mm. that would probably go across all three of the episodes. There's parts where I feel that they they work really really well, and then there's elements that I don't like, you know? So like, I love the opening of one. I kind of love the, the Tanner stuff. So the police chief, she's got this whole thing going on with her father and the money. I love that kind of stuff going on. That was kind of quite interesting. Three, I loved Amsterdam. I love shooting Amsterdam. Um, and, but two, episode two is, is probably one of the stronger ones in that it has probably kind of just gelled much more in terms of what was really nice about two is there's some really nice moments with Noel and Ash, but there's also some really nice moments with the rest of the team. There's a, there's a fight sequence with this big burly guy in episode two, and it's it gives a showcase. Yeah, it gives a showcase to the other two guys, and so I really liked two probably. So if I had to pick one out, it would be like a real push. But I I'd say maybe two is my favorite, you know. And it felt it had lots of things that kind of really worked, and maybe it, it balanced the kind of Noel Ash dynamic with the rest of the team dynamic, and kind of and had some plot in there to mix, you know. So I I picked that probably. You mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, like uh, just saying, like we live in a world where kind of thing, <laughs> and it got me thinking, obviously, just about where we're at at the moment. And I'd rather not at this point. Well, I probably, if, I mean, you can if you want, uh, but uh, we'll stick it to pre-corona at this point. Um, so you know, setting the table where you know the landscape is, obviously, but like I've covered in my show the fact that you know. Um, places like disney were you know gearing up for stream for streaming wars and you know i called it streaming wars because it literally is a streaming war right it's just the te- you know it's all just one big you know uh ploy for you know someone's uh email and bank account but you know it's something and uh obviously before that before all what, what we're going through now um it was literally just that and i don't know if you saw but there was a there's something that stuck in my head really uh firmly was the fact that you know disney as a whole like you know film division was going to be like okay blockbusters and big money stuff cinema everything else streaming like it's literally one or the other and you know if you ain't got the big one then you you ain't going to go to the cinema you're going straight to streaming and i was i was just like trying to think about that in terms of like how everyone else is going to respond because obviously that's Disney, and there's everybody else. <laughs> so, um, so with that said, and with your own prior knowledge, like, how did you, how do you feel? I guess um, as a creative um, and as a director, I guess, how do you feel about like the ever changing, I guess, landscape in terms of how people consume things and. Uh, how you know are you are you one of those purist guys that go like if ain't in the cinema don't talk to me kind of mm. thing as it pertains to films um like i don't want to see i don't want them to watch you on my phone kind of thing which is obviously something that christopher nolan is a uh, very adamant uh clearly about <laughs> trying to get tenet onto the cinemas <laughs> which i highly doubt these days but we'll see how it goes uh yeah so how do you feel about those kinds of uh those conversations and the landscape at the moment pre-corona brackets yeah i mean i'll, I'll try and be pre-corona it's funny like so, so much of your headspace gets taken up with corona now that i i kind of it's like it's almost like what was pre-corona like i'm like what was that actually like it's, like, it's hard to think back it's like it, eons it's, ago it is funny you know it's like um i think uh i think the cinema thing is is primarily a corona thing in many ways you know i think like definitely they were thinking about it but um i, I think uh, in terms of how people consume things, I mean, I'd love to be Christopher Nolan and and hope that everyone ran to the cinema to watch a film. You know, I think it's great, and it's I think I agree with him on a purist side of things. You know, it is a, 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 the best way to watch things. You know, because you're watching it on a yep. screen, it's delivered and projected, and the sound is perfect because it's it's made yep. the experience is made and looked after and managed to do that. Um, 
So I, I still love the cinema and I would go there as often as I possibly can. I, I, I love it, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the world has changed in that, like, you know, the notion of our phones and our laptops and our homes. I love watching a movie at home. I've got a nice setup at home in terms of my TV and I, I like watching movies at home. I kind of enjoy it. So I, I like that part of the process as well. Um, I think that I, for me, actually, I always sometimes come back to the content itself. I kind of go, it's a bit like, you know, the opening scene of a film. It has to be great to attract the audience. Content mm-hmm. has to be great to attract the audience. And I think what's happening for me in Hollywood is the, the, a lot of the content just doesn't interest me. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I particularly don't want to watch another Marvel film. You know, it's just not something I want to watch. You know, I've seen too many of them. You mm-hmm. know? So it's like, I mm-hmm. want to see something that uh, is different. And so my journeys to the cinema are, are portrayed because I look at the listings and I go, do I really? No. And I love the cinema, and I, but I don't really want to spend two hours in a cinema just being mauled. Um, uh, and so I think some of the content has to be looked at in terms of what they're making. And I think that's become um, Hollywood and movie making and filmmaking and TV making was always a money based. It's an industry. They call it an industry for a reason because it needs money and it earns money. Um, but I think yep. it's become a little bit more. So like maybe the problem a little bit now is that the, the, the financiers, the money people are the ones that are kind of making some decisions. So it's like if you have a, a book that has 50 million followers, you'll make a film because people will, people will come to that film. If you've got an original idea that I've written and nobody knows me, it's, it's a harder sell for everybody mm. because so the mm. content is, is kind of struggling in that regard. Uh, the phone thing, I have a bit of a hate with the phone thing. I gotta be honest. I, I, I like fine. I, and I have watched stuff on my phone. The notion of watching a film or a TV series on a phone, like I'm just like, I don't get it at all. And what, you know what? I particularly have a pet hate for, is people on the tube or the train that that kind of multitask they've like an ipad with a movie and they have like you know some brain dead snake game on their phone you know and like they're watching their kind of show that like that and like this is a purely kind of personal thing and it's the show that i've spent hours planning about what the shot is what it looks like what the yeah. actor is wearing and they'll watch it and then they'll, they'll play a snake game and then they come back and they'll watch it and i'm like Jesus, I spent hours manufacturing and making that scene and you're you're playing some brain dead game while watching it. I mean, give me your full attention, man, you know? And I think there was the, the, the great advent of subtitles, you know, and the reason that some Scandi Noir stuff I think is done so well is partly because the content was great. The other part of it is I think yeah. people just had to watch it because they, they couldn't understand what was going on unless you watched it, you know? And so the notion of... Yeah. And so I love that, you know, but so I think the phone thing and although I understand it and I do watch stuff on my phone I would never watch a film on my phone ever and um, so but I understand why people do it because people are busy you know people mm-hmm. and people yeah. don't get a chance to sit down at night and do it and so if you want to do that so be it uh, I'd prefer that you didn't but um, whatever you know what I mean that's how you want to watch it that's what you get your content I just don't think you can appreciate it that way you know I think it's a bit like um, the the galleries have like virtual galleries, you know, so you can go to like the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam online. You're like, really? What's the point of that? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, art has to be viewed. No, I mean, like, I want to stand in front of the painting and like look at it from yeah. a few different angles. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. see the brushstrokes and see the, the, you know, see where they've uh, actually applied the paint. That's the beauty of it. And so it's just it is that same way, you know. It's like you know to watch something that was made in seventy five mil on a phone. You're like, really? you know, on a pair of crap headphones. It doesn't make sense, but that's the way it's kind of going. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of it. And I think primarily the studios are doing it because that's the way they're making money. You know, cinema, they're not making money. And obviously uh, people aren't going to the cinema in the same volume that they are. They're watching much, much more content. So there's a need. But, you know, that said, um, Quibi was a a new, I don't know if you've heard this platform, but yeah, Quibi was... Quibi, yeah was our Quibi, whatever it was launched. And um, I thought that was going to be a kind of a, was going to be amazing. I thought that was going to like launch to like an incredible, and I think, yeah, sorry to mention to it, but coronavirus has probably had a bit of an impact on that because people aren't commuting at the same level that they were commuting at. And so it might've taken a hit from that. But um, it, it seems to have kind of gone down a stinker, you know, it really hasn't made the money that they thought it would make uh, there's a big question mark, I think, over some of the content on it, the quality of the content. I, I don't, mm-hmm. haven't watched any of it, so I can't say. But I thought that was going to be a bit of a game changer, the whole notion of kind of 10-minute, high-quality drama 
there was a real need for that or that the people would want that but I don't I'm not sure mm. if they do I think people like to be able to watch an hour-long drama unfold over 10 hours of a, of a series so it's a strange one you know I've, I've, I've ranted on there a bit I appreciate but um that's kind of I hope I've made some sort of semblance of sense there no that's good no it's all it's all, it's all uh you know uh relevant and uh yeah it's nice it's a good it's a, it's it's a it's an opinion I feel you know it's uh I feel like it's it's one of those it's it's kind of you just have to chalk it up I guess to like it's just what people like can do most of the time yeah. and you know it's dis- it's disappointing um but at the same time um you know I too obviously pre corona was a regular you know a cinema goer uh, you know I regularly went to see films with my dad you know, I was just like, what do you want to see this week? Yeah, you want to see that? Yeah, sure, go and then go to the... And most of the time for me, and especially during award season, um, there's always... Um, okay. There's always um, time to... Uh, what's the word? Uh, there's always a film, I guess, where, like, it's not... It's it's not a blockbuster. It's it's not. It's it's you know. It's um. I've heard of it. You know. It's it's it had some buzz. I don't know during festival season or whatever. Uh, but it's not go. It's not going to do much. And uh, you know, one film I watched, Just Mercy, was like uh, literally it was it was there. It was like one showing, and uh, I didn't see it for like another three weeks until it showed one more time, and then I went to see it. Like I went to see it then. And I was just like. And it, you know, it was a good film, but there was nobody there. So I'm just like, it, it's it's a quandary. Mm. It, it it really is. It's, it's a quandary in that sense where, like, you know, I can I I I I'd wish that people went to go see stuff like Just Mercy and stuff like that because you know some films, mo- most films, are, you know, um, don't have that don't have that machine behind them, and you know, but they deserve some sort of support in some sense. Um, on a on another note, I can't wait for the day where you're just on the train and somebody's uh, just watching either episodes one, two, or three of Bulletproof mm-hmm. Two, and uh, mm-hmm. you just see it. Just see it. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's you just, you just see it on the train. It's happened. It's happened with other shows. You know, it's like I kind of when I was when, <gasps> I, did, when I did Silent Witness. I remember being on a train, um, and I just like it, Silent Witness went out in the January, and like I was on a train in April or something, and obviously someone was on catch up on the BBC player watching it, and I remember kind of like just you know looking over my shoulder and kind of going. <laughs> But the iron, you know, it's just funny because you kind of go just sometimes seeing stuff that you've made and someone else, you kind of forget sometimes that other people are watching it, you know, and then you, it's gives you a little bit of a buzz where you kind of go, oh, I kind of made that, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, and then as soon as that was over, I was like, I can't believe you're destroying it by watching it on a train standing, you, you, you heathen, you, you know, um, but it's funny, it's funny, you know, but it's like, you know, look, people, I think the problem with it is, and it's like, as part of me loves it and part of me hates it, um, the other thing our world has become is Im- immediate, you know, everything is immediate. This is great immediacy to the world now, you know, it's like everything has to happen right now, you know. Uh, and I think the last time I mentioned about, you know, we, when I was growing up and I'm not that old, um, we had dial up internet, you know, it was like you had to press a button and use a dial up. It wasn't broadband. It wasn't, you have to take a couple of seconds to connect and then it would connect and it was slow, you know. And, um, you know, people just won't won't accept that anymore. You know, everything has to be now, 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 now. And I think that's part of the problem too with cinemas is that the notion of a cinema isn't yeah, yeah you can do it, you can go that evening or that night, but people want to be able to just going to go boom. I want it, I want it now. I want it right there then. And um, and I think that's kind of that's across the board in terms of content, in terms of news, in terms of movies, in terms of life. Uh, we we kind of don't have patience anymore. You know, I think that's had an impact on every industry. You know, and. I, it, it has some bonuses. I think the notion of immediacy is great and have things at your hand is wonderful. But I think there's some negatives to that too. I think it may be in terms of people, in terms of people and that kind of patience and not being able to wait for things is kind of a very, is a rare thing, I think. Like, like you said, it's, uh, I think we're both agreeing on this. It's just like, you know, a matter of circumstance and it's just a matter of, uh, you know, money people trying to uh, figure shit out. Um, one point I kind of just want to 
bring home sort of question, but like, you know, you mentioned how like, you know, people will, if someone, if, it, if there's an audience for, you know, say a graphic novel or whatever, and people know what it is, that could easily be done for a film, right? And it could be done quickly. Um, you know, it's just same with most, it's, it's why most, a lot of films are just based on novels all of a sudden. It's just like, okay, <laughs> it's just, it's just how it is. But, you know, if you have a completely original idea and you, you know, are not known and you don't have a significant cosign from somebody um, that people respect, then what, what, yeah, yeah, you really got much of a leg to stand on. Do you think, actually, with that said, do you think it makes it harder for somebody to, you know, uh, I, I won't say make it because I don't know what that means, but um, let's say make a make a make a living from uh, or earn a living from uh, this uh, this uh, profession. Uh, in terms of like directing or writing, or in every kind of in any aspect of. Um, well, stick we'll, we'll stick it to just writing directing, I guess. But you can okay. go further if you want to. Uh, no, it's. Um... Yeah, I mean it's in, it's interesting, you know. I don't know. I think it's probably a, it's probably the the best time. I still think, you know, I still I do still think it's the best time to probably get something made, or uh, certainly in television, you know. I, I I not so much maybe about cinema, you know. I don't think cinema's been made uh, as much, you know. I don't. I think Hollywood is uh, is kind of struggling. Do you know what I mean? Um, big time, I would imagine. Do you know what I mean? In that, like, I think it's much harder to get into Hollywood yeah. because I, I think. Um, the low budget film, the kind of the film that was being made for like two or three million, they aren't really being made anymore. So, and that's where that was kind of the way in. So, probably in film, but in TV, yeah. um, there's content required everywhere, you know. So, uh, it might be it's probably harder to get into the Netflixes and the Amazons of this world. But there's there's so much content being made at a smaller level. Um, I've seen smaller. They're the same level, but just like you know, Netflix has a certain thing about it you know uh, I mean still the BBC ITV Channel 4 all the broadcasters you know but then within each country's uh, each country uh, they're all they're making their own content for their own countries um, uh, so like I think it's a great time to have a, the, the problem with it, I suppose like everything it's a great time to do it it's just that everyone is probably trying to, there's more people trying to do it you know isn't that like I think I kind of find now that maybe everybody has a show or every director is developing a show and so that probably wasn't the case a couple of years ago Everyone is trying to get their own show off the ground. Um, so maybe there's more people doing it. But at the same time, I think it just comes down to quality. If the show is good enough um, and has a great kind of appeal, it will be kind of scooped up. Um, certainly, you know, who you know and what you know plays a part uh, as everything in life, you know, is in if you have the right person in the right place, that can help you. But I think if the idea is killer and really great, and if your talent is kind of remarkable enough, I think you'll find a way. I think you always do, you know. Uh, at least I think you need to. Yeah. Believe, I think you need to believe that you know. As in, is there? I mean, it's funny because Frank Darabont, I think it was, who who made the Shawshank Redemption, um, he said like it was a quote I read once, which he kind of said, you know, like there's more, there's way more talented people than me, working in like McDonald's and Burger King, you know, like they're, they just haven't applied themselves to do it, you know. So I think that, and mm. I think that's kind of interesting in that, like, you know, I'm where I am, uh, in my career uh partly to my talent and the other part and probably ma- like a more so is the my drive and commitment to want to get there you know you have to have that too so i think 100 percent talent is great but if you have no drive and ambition to get there then you won't you won't necessarily get there you know so so and that becomes the kind of the, the great qualm you know people will go oh he, he's a terrible director you know or he's a terrible writer but how the hell has he done so well <laughs> Maybe they are, but they've applied themselves <laughs> to do what they've done and get where they've done. And I think that's the same in every industry. And you, know? you need a certain amount of application uh, and drive to get to achieve. So I think if you have that it, uh, and you have that drive and you keep pushing, yeah. and you keep knocking, I think you get lucky, you know. And so I think it's a great time to work in the industry. It's the best time, I'd say, to work in the industry. Plus, it's also way more accessible, you know. Uh like when, when I was probably younger, like film was the way forward. So you had to get a film camera, you had to buy film, the film had to be processed. That was expensive, you know? Yet everyone, mm-hmm. has a fo- everyone has a phone with a camera now. And like, so you can go and create content that might not have the same finesse as a, as a Netflix film. But if it's good and you've got the right people, it'll sell. And we've all seen stuff that's gone online and gone viral. So um, I think if you're interested and you want to succeed, now's the time to do it. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um 
I feel like I have to ask just to just for the sake of it. But yeah. um, how do you see the landscape uh, now um, at the moment? Can you do, you do you even do you even want to try it and like foresee how how things will change after after you know post corona I guess <laughs> since we're gonna just naturally go there now um, do you care yeah. for to even predict or I don't know um, if I'm honest I don't know what's really going to I mean I think it's going to be in the short run there's going to be a lot there's probably going to be a lot of pain you know in that um, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people out of work and not working and, and haven't worked for a long time. Um, and, yeah. you know, again, this is across the board in every industry. I'm only going to talk about my industry because that's why. Uh, and I think that's really, I think that's kind of sad. You know, I think that's really sad. And there's going to be a lot of tragedy out there in terms of uh, relationships, uh, lives, probably livelihoods, you know, that are going to be, that are going to suffer from this, um, to be honest about it. Uh, but I, I, I think, Again, it'll find a way out. You know, the the kind of great irony of all this is that most people are probably watching more content than they've ever watched, and yet no no content has been made, and there's been very little help or support from governments towards the arts. You know, uh, which is kind of ironic in a way because you're like, well, you know, that's what everyone's actually ter- people are turning to books and turning to cinema and turning to films and turning to content, and yet a lot of people in the industry haven't been able to avail of covid payments or any kind of support from the government uh which is a bad thing i think you know um so that yeah. that is that aside how do we move on i think we will move on i think things will get better i think it's just going to be a lot of pain in the short term and that you know trying to follow guidelines trying to implement procedures that need to be to, to keep health and keep people safe and, and um healthy uh i think they're going to be really hard to implement in in filmic terms and i think you know the notion of quarantining uh entire cast or crew is 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 really only accessible to the big 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 budget movies and shows you know the smaller shows can't afford that so um i think there'll be kind of the, i, I kind of hope that there's this will in some way go away quicker than we think it'll go away you know that it, I, i'm not suggesting it's going to disappear but maybe there won't be a second wave or a third wave and maybe a vaccine will come in quite quickly i think it, our industry needs that i think to kind of get back up to a place and running uh because it's hard to social this. I mean, it's impossible to tell a love story with two people being two meters apart, you know. And so, the the the, the focus of many movies is a love story. So I think, I think things will find a way. Um, but I think yeah. there's going to be a little bit of hurt and pain in the, in the short term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a ton of pain. Yeah. Uh, doom and gloom. No, it's, it's fine. Um, you know, we've, we 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 survived a lot. Uh, I think uh, as a as a whole, probably had a lot worse. You know, in terms of just big time. But we'll we'll get we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that when we'll get to that when we get to that. I guess it's just a uh, you know day by day. That's how I how I like to see things. But um, yeah, but um. On a positive note, I guess, uh, trying to leave this all on a positive note, which I like to do. Um, since uh, you have been holed up with your kids and stuff like that and uh, keeping busy, uh, what have you been uh, consuming? Uh, not food-wise, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like film, too, too music, much that, too reading. Much yeah, yeah. What, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your meals? Yeah, <laughs> what are you eating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what... Well, <laughs> In terms of like a uh, music, uh, film, TV, reading, uh, what you consume these days, what do you recommend? Uh, yeah, to, it's funny. To I've been, I've been reading much more than I I would like, as in novels and stuff. I try to get into a few novels. Funny how that works, uh, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. I, I I was a big reader, and I still I still read a lot. I tend to read a lot of scripts now, though, you know. And so I I used to read a lot of novels. I used to love reading novels, uh, particularly as a kid, mm. you know. Uh, but then I think just as time came along, I found less time to or time you find less time to do it. Um, yeah, kind of, I've read a couple. Of, I've been reading a few novels. I've been reading a few books. I, I, I tend to, I have written in the past, but I'm not really a writer. But I've actually started writing again. You know, I kind of, I've, I've had a bit of time. And I kind of tried to. I had this kind of motto where uh, I just try and write for an hour a day. You know, so I just spend an hour either in the morning or in the evening or just sometime I can find an hour between everything. Uh, and just write and so I've got a couple of ideas that 
have been kind of mulling around in my head so I've been trying to write a bit um and I've really enjoyed that actually I I I've used to hate writing you know I kind of found writing very um very singular and lonely and like I'm not really that person I like being you know surrounded by people and I like time on my own but um and I found it quite hard but I kind of find as maybe over the last couple of years working and reading and learning about the industry and and what makes good story I'm getting better at kind of putting that down on paper myself so I've kind of enjoyed that and then just sticking up with um kind of gone back to old movies I've started watching old movies and kind of re-watching some old movies that I really really liked and then sticking up with trying to keep up with some content so I've you know uh I watched Defending J- Jacob on Apple TV which is a kind of a new series they've done just um, nearly at the end of that started watching The Last Dance on Netflix which is about the Chicago Bulls and um which is really good it's really entertaining so I watch a bit of everything I gotta say I gotta um and music wise uh Again, probably older stuff. I haven't really clicked into a lot of new stuff at the minute. So I've kind of, um, I kind of like the past. I like I like older stuff. I like watching. I like watching older movies. You know, I like watching the movies I used to like. And then same with music. I just listen into kind of music that I've got a really eclectic taste musically. I'll listen to anything. You know, I'll really genuinely listen to anything. And so like some mornings, yeah, some mornings the stuff that my kid my kid likes. Sometimes it's you know you know horrible kind of. Uh, and then sometimes I'll play him, you know, stuff from the 60s or 70s, you know, a bit of dance music from the noughties. Um, and then and, and then just kind of I'll put on a summer playlist or a happy playlist. or I, I listen to everything and anything, really. And whatever comes on, um, I'll kind of listen to. So doing a bit of that, I'm, I'm kind of find that, like I think I said the last time, the days are disappearing much more. I'm probably spending more time outside walking and, you know, wandering. And, you know, I've got a, a 19-month-old baby boy and, and my wife, and we, we kind of spend a bit of time going out walking. You kind of can eat like three hours just walking and you know getting a nice coffee and just chilling out you know so i'm doing much much mm-hmm. more of that um and yeah just watching what i can watch when i can watch it and do what i watch but like it's i think the biggest change is that i'm writing i'm actually writing some of my own new material which is great for me you know and i'm really enjoying that how long it'll last i don't know could be over next week <laughs> <laughs> uh well I'd be remiss to say if I didn't say it, I have a little writers group uh, that I I do a, a little little basically this but like in a writers room kind of okay. fashion uh, every like a couple times a week. So if you know if you wanna if you wanna jump right in, you know just uh, it's, okay, it's like two hours, you know if you wanna do that, let me know. It's all good. Okay, uh, there's one tomorrow, so you know it's just just throwing it out there. Uh, but um, I like to always finish uh, with a uh, top five. Um, I like to preface it as is it's your top five, so you can do whatever you want with it. You can be as chaotic or as uh, prim and proper as as you as uh, a lot of people like to do. So, uh, uh, if you want some examples, I'll give you some. But uh, you know, it's your top five. Uh, so, I mean, so I've I've interviewed a lot of musicians, so they mm-hmm. like to uh, obviously do music based stuff. Um, one actually get, but but so, but that said, some have given me some really eclectic ones. Uh, one did a, a literally a legitimate top five in terms of stuff you need. So like it was like oxygen, water, sleep, uh, <laughs> good, good, Jesus, and something else. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, it, it can go it can go all over the place. One, I uh, had to interview an actress uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she uh, had a very Mediterranean uh, top five. It was like grapes, massage, <laughs> stuff, <Okay. Whoa. laughs> wine. So yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's all it's all yours. It's, it's your top five. So do what you want with it. That's 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 an interesting question. I mean, it's like I think you probably could ask me this every day, and it would be different. Do you know what I mean? It's in terms of. And it's like, how much of what your top five is actually now being driven by coronavirus? You know, because you're stuck at home. And you're like, what the <laughs> hell? You know. Uh, we can just stick it to films. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can be as simple as you want. So, but it's interesting how people think about it. When I oh, it's funny because I kind of like I do a spectrum. top five movies. You know, easily TV shows. I'm gonna try and be not deep because I don't do deep very well. I kind of just like more like <laughs> top five. Um, like I think. I'll go something like, you know, top five, and like, it's not necessarily in any particular order, just top five, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. I think it's Nobody definitely stuff breaks. that I would like, it's like, <laughs> maybe the things I've thought a bit more, but like, like, kind of friendship and really kind of important, like friendship uh, is really important, I think, in life and to me, and kind of uh, a, a loyalty 
uh, and not in the kind of Cosmastra mafia type loyalty way, but in just a kind of a people you can listen to and trust and talk to and kind of have a, a conversation with and, you know, share a beer mm-hmm. with or a coffee with. But also kind of mm-hmm. sometimes that kind of really, really important friendship, that deep, special friendship that I would kind of know is that where you can talk about anything, you know, and there's probably one person in my life other than my wife that I've kind of got a really good, I've got a right where we can talk about anything, you know, and if I feel a bit down or up or over or back, we can talk about it. And it's like, I think that's really important to have that in life. And I love that. and I respect that massively. So I think that friendship, sure. the importance of friendship, um, the importance of in the same way family i think is really important i love i love my family my extended family my parents and my brothers and sisters as well as my new family which is my wife and my kid uh spending time with that i love i think i love i love spending time with them and i think you know that that's family is another one that's really important i think i'm gonna put work in there which is kind of strange because most people kind of go oh work's not really important but I think work is really, really, really important to me, you know, and my work and my job I find really, really important. Um, it, it is who I am. It's who I've always wanted to be, and it kind of drives and inspires me every day, and it kind of makes me love the, everything I've just said. My work kind of in many ways makes me who I am. It makes me want love and friendship as, as part of that, um, and I strive to, to make good work and, and work really hard and to kind of, you know, and, and people go, oh, to be successful. No, just to be happy in what I do and, you know, mm-hmm. things like this, you know. And I think the other side of that is like when I say an audience has been important, I, I love the idea of an audience, you know, and like people that will watch my work and interact with my work. So that, that's, I love that. Like, and that, that's kind of maybe the same and also uh, maybe a number four potentially, you know, just that an audience, people. Um, like the notion of this interview came from you connecting with me on Twitter over something that you saw and you thought, hey, this guy's interesting in some shape or form, you know? I find that fascinating and I love that, you know? The notion that you came to me by watching a show that I made, like that's an incredible feeling, you know? That's uh, and, and, and that works for anybody, like, you know, for you it may be music or creating something, you know? And someone comes back to you and says, God, I watched this and it took me out of a bad place. And a lot of bulletproof because it came out over COVID. People came back with, you know, tweets and messages saying, you know, I wasn't really feeling great, and you know, I felt down, and it really took me out of that for the hour of the show. You know, that's pretty special. You mm-hmm. know, that's so that that I think people and audience is really kind of important in life. As and that's sort of like so like, I'm gonna go on family, love, work, audience. Maybe that's figured in there before, and then a fifth. I'm stuck now. Um, a fifth is maybe just maybe I'll just say like a pastime outside of work, you know. And this is kind of maybe I find this really hard because I don't find my job as a job, like most people who like you know somebody who works in Aldi or Tesco yeah. goes to a job at mm-hmm. home. My job is kind of really special and different, and I'm not, I kind of go. I feel really kind of blessed that I have it because uh, when I work, uh, I don't think it's work, you know. So it's like so I need to kind of train myself to have other stuff to do if that makes sense so it kind of you know if I, I could spend the whole day on my computer writing or watching a movie but that you know my wife's going to get annoyed at that my, my mom will, would like to see me so I go and see her so kind of maybe re- remembering that and trying to find other stuff outside of work which isn't work uh to try and find that stuff to drive you you know so if that's going for a run going for a swim I love swimming I love going for swims so trying to find a swim um and uh so like maybe that is kind of really important as well so like it's a really strange top five I've just done there, isn't it? It's a really odd one, but I'm I'm glad I've done it. It's been like a kind of a, like so that, doing this podcast, Charlie, is like sitting in a chair with a kind of therapist. You know, it's like you kind of um, you kind of get it's like therapy talking about this stuff. But I think it's it's I think and I think it's purely COVID because I think if you'd come to me like six weeks ago or ten weeks ago and asked me a top five, I'd have given something completely different. But it's really kind of thought, yeah. you know, this is really, and I think this is this is the, this is a bit like everything in life. I always feel glass half full, glass half empty. It's like um, COVID has been terrible and miserable and people have died in their millions and it's horrendous. But there's a kind of positive in some of it as well and, that, and I think that's some of the positive is actually believing and understanding what's important in your life and trying to mm-hmm. prioritise that. And so mm-hmm. it's made me think a lot about that and kind of understand that and kind of know what's important and what's not important and kind of be able to, to weed that stuff out, you know, and that, so that's, it's been good from that regard. You know? So that's the most long-winded top five you're ever going to get. Uh, but hey, I'm Irish. We I mean, talk. Yeah. We talk. We talk. You know? 
I mean, I mean, yeah, that was, that was pretty lengthy, and uh, well done on not going deep with it. Yeah, yeah. That was very good. You really restrained yourself there on not, not trying to be deep. Hey, man, um, you, told so... me you, were good, you told me you were a good editor. Just edit the shit out of it, you know what I mean? Just cut it down, cut it down. <laughs> it just come out, it was like, family, love, heart, blah, blah. I was like, whoa! <laughs> nah, I, I try and leave it as much as possible. <laughs> it's uh, just what's and all, bro, what's and all. So, but no, it's, it's, it's good, and, uh, you know, I completely, you know, understand where you're coming from on that front, and, uh, uh yeah, I'd like to think that you know, if it was a, if it weren't in, uh, what's 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 the present Corona? Uh, so we've done pre and post as the present Corona. Um, you know, you might you might have done the same things. Who knows? Like you know, you still have you still they all they all still exist. But I guess in this case, obviously, you're obviously starting to notice it more. And uh, you know, I feel like that's the same with uh, a lot of people. But um. Yeah, man, it's great top five. Honestly, it's, um, it's it's super solid. Now that I'm extending it to people uh, and they can go as broad as they like, they're just really taking advantage of that shit. <laughs> I just really leaning into it. So, uh, yeah, man, that was a uh, yeah, probably lengthwise, probably the bit. Uh, that's probably the top number one. But uh, yeah, man, yeah. regardless of that, great top five, and uh, this whole yeah, we'll leave it at that. This interview you've ever done, isn't it? So like, this is like this is that. Uh, well, maybe, maybe I've done two parts before, but. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes uh, on the editing front uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> apart from that, uh, Mr. Jim Goggins, thank you so much for coming through. Um, thanks for you know just uh, trying to hold uh, yourself accountable for do- for doing this because uh, uh, you know there can there, there there are people that you know if if we just did the one session then they just probably leave it at that. Um, and I wouldn't ask because I'm too meek for that kind of shit and I just keep <laughs> it moving uh, but, <laughs> but I appreciate you uh, just trying to make time for another session and uh, making this two-part happen because uh, we've got some good stuff in so I highly appreciate it No, thank you man thanks a million for as I said it's it's nice to connect with other people I like I like people you know I like connecting with people seeing people do I'm genuinely interested in people so thanks for thanks for listening thanks for taking the time out to have a conversation and finally Great pronunciation of my name. You got it. You nailed it. It's only taken you about ten hours, but you got it. You know what I mean? You've been, you've been, you've been, you've been, you've been practicing, Charlie. I know. You've been at home saying that name into the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. That's cut, cut, cut. We're done. Yeah. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. So there we have, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Mr. Jim McGoggins. Uh, just as a side note, actually, um, didn't ask me to do this or anything, but uh, I just clocked uh, today, actually, as I record, that um, uh, Bulletproof is in the US right now. So um, it's going to be on the CW, I think it is, that's the channel. And uh, yeah, so if you guys are in the US and uh, you feel like peeping uh, Mrs. Goggins' work, and not even just that, but just a really great piece of British television, go right on ahead Hit up that CW if you have that on your packages. I don't know how US TV works. But <laughs> if you can watch it, go watch it. If you've got a VPN and you're somewhere else in the world, get on that US VPN and uh, give it a peep. Because uh, it's definitely worth the watch, um, for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't really have really much to take away from the interview, to be honest. Like, um, There's a lot of, uh, you know predictions that we can make about you know the future of uh, all this post-corona stuff but I really don't think it's that uh, I really don't think it's easy to predict how things are going because especially with the protests going around um, excuse me uh, there's a lot of um, I feel like uh, like just not not uh, information not going around so to speak like I understand while I you know completely support and understand the protests which you, you know like I just said at the start of the show I went to one the other day but um it will be interesting when and how severe the second wave will be because there will be a second wave you, you know this right there has to be so um will that push everything back like uh, another six months maybe I think New Zealand I think New Zealand have become the new uh, newest country to uh, be corona free so you know, and that, that took them a while. And that's New Zealand, right? They they, they did pretty much everything right. Uh as you as a country in the UK we're not we're not we're, we're doing pretty much nothing right on that front. But 
uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes and um, you know hopefully progress uh, comes through in that on that front but on this side um, it's all good and um, you know I hope you guys are staying safe as well and uh, yeah with that said thank you guys for listening from the 5th Ent Podcast Network I've been Chai Taylor and it's been what's good Music has been Baxter by Brock Berrigan and Castles in My Cup by Beer Crack. You can find both of those tracks uh, via the links in the full show notes below. Go click the link and support the people involved with this episode. Thanks to Joel Breakers for the ability to use these songs. Um, you can also find their entire discography. They recently released their uh, Summer Essentials 2020. A little hour, 10 minute mix slap that on shuffle and uh, all this rain that is going on right behind me <laughs> will feel like a distant memory and hopefully it'll feel the same for you guys but, <laughs> but regardless of that uh, I hope you all have a good week I shall always always try and do the same but until the next time take it easy ladies and gentlemen